Podcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the city of innovation, education, and of course, Fenway Park, this is TI Clergy Corner, a weekly podcast that brings you timely, insightful, and impactful weekly sermons. In this episode, we'll hear a live recording of Rabbi Susie Jacobson's October 11th, 2019 Kabbalat Shabbat sermon entitled, Taking the High Holidays with Us into a New Year. Shabbat Shalom! Since my first bite of challah, post-Naila, just a few days ago, I have been plagued with this sense of, what now? I mean, I'm not going to miss the hours in coffee shops, staring at that blinking cursor, my Word document. But after the spiritual high of all of that singing, and all of that praying, and reading, and chanting, and fasting, it's hard to just go back to non-holy time. I so want that experience to permeate, for the depths of my heart and the community we shared to flow from the holiday into my life. But of course, when I left here Wednesday night and I brought my tired body home, the baby was crying, the kitchen was a mess, there's a sukkah to build, and I probably owe each and every one of you an email. And, and, and. And I have a feeling that this feeling is not reserved for purely rabbis. And since Wednesday, I have almost like a song stuck in my head, this line from a Mary Oliver poem on repeat. You must change your life. You must change your life. You must change your life. Yes, Mary Oliver, I sang songs and I heard that shofar. But this is deeper than making a New Year's resolution and more difficult than believing my own kavanah from the purple service. You must change your life. Mary Oliver is referencing a Rilke poem, Archaic Torso of Apollo, but I like her poem better. And I shared both in the Yom Kippur Afternoon Poetry as Prayer Session. But tonight I want to share her poem with you. So what's in my head can now be in yours. You're welcome. It's called Invitation. And you have it on one of the sides of your sheet. Oh, do you have time to linger for just a little while out of your busy and very important day for the goldfinches? that have gathered in a field of thistles for a musical battle to see who can sing the highest note, or the lowest, or the most expressive of mirth, or the most tender. Their strong, blunt beaks drink the air as they strive melodiously, not for your sake and not for mine, and not for the sake of winning, but for the sheer delight and gratitude. Believe us, they say, it is a serious thing just to be alive on this fresh morning in a broken world. I beg of you, do not walk by without pausing to attend to this rather ridiculous performance. It could mean something. It could mean everything. It could be what Rilke meant when he wrote, you must change your life. Being alive is a serious thing. However, no, however, no matter how motivated we are to change, with resolutions, epiphanies, well-intentioned goal-setting, it's all hard to maintain post the holidays. How often do you commit yourself to a new spiritual regimen on Yom Kippur and completely forget your commitments before Sukkot is over? How do we avoid the pull into sameness? How do we remember that it is possible to get out of a rut, to get unstuck, to remember that we are still changing? One answer is to have a spiritual practice. When I say spiritual, I mean with a lowercase s. 
I don't mean that you need to have some evolved relationship with God, capital G. That's nice. Some of us, that works. But it's not mandatory to be a functioning, practicing Jew. I mean a spiritual practice, lowercase s, that reminds you that you, each of you, have a spirit. That you are body and mind, feeler and thinker, a person capable of staying present in your personhood. There are many spiritual practices that you can engage in. For example, mindfulness meditation, that trains you to stay in the present moment, a very difficult thing to do. Another example, singing. Loudly, softly, alone, in the shower. Singing brings you into your body. It teaches you to breathe and control that breath. It teaches you to understand that breath is just not, is not only this unconscious reflex that you've been doing since birth, but rather a nourishing, ever in the present state of being, that you can notice and even control. We sing together. And finally, the practice of reading poetry, which I want to focus on tonight as spiritual practice, not writing poetry, that's good too, but it assumes some level of talent and ability to put words together. That's not our expectation. Not this close to Yom Kippur. <laughs> but the act of reading poetry in order to bring awareness to your feelings, your psyche, perhaps, dare say, your soul. Poetry says so much in small, in small spaces, using metaphor and imagery to help us see deeply into ourselves and the world around us. Poetry can be carried literally in our pockets, read, reread, and with every new recitation drawing forth new meaning. Poetry can help remind us of the bigger questions that we so easily forget. With poetry, we can get to the heart of the matter. We can get into our hearts, not just on Yom Kippur, not just while singing together, not just while fasting, but every day. So I'd like to share with you two more poems that you have in your hands that I hope you can carry forward with you to bring some of the themes into your everyday. The first is by the poet Stanley Kunitz, entitled The Layers. I have walked through many lives, some of them my own, and I am not who I was, though some principle of being abides, from which I struggle not to stray. When I look behind, as I am compelled to look, before I can gather strength to proceed on my journey, I see the milestones dwindling toward the horizon, and the slow fires trailing from the abandoned campsites, over which scavenger angels wheel on heavy wings. Oh, I have made myself a tribe out of my true affections, and my tribe is scattered. How shall the heart be reconciled to its feast of losses? In a rising wind, the manic dust of my friends, those who fell along the way, bitterly stings my face. Yet I turn, I turn, exulting somewhat, with my will intact to go wherever I need to go, and every stone on the road precious to me. In my darkest night, when the moon was covered, and I roamed through wreckage, a nimbus-clouded voice directed me, live in the layers, not on the litter. Though I lack the art to decipher it, no doubt the next chapter in my book of transformations is already written. I am not done with my changes. There is so much here. We could spend a lot of time, perhaps another day. <laughs> but I want to highlight just two pieces. Kunitz begins, quote, I have walked through many lives, some of them my own, end quote. 
Each of us walk through webs of relationships, some close and dear, some casual, and we have lived so many lives at different ages and stages, quote, yet some principle of being abides. Each of us, in some way, are unique and are tasked with going back to that uniqueness. How do we attend to all these lives and relationships while maintaining what makes me, me? How do we repent, do teshuva, return to better relationships while still keeping our values there? And then in this poem, in this magical moment, almost a bot coal, a voice from heaven says to him and says, quote, live in the layers, not in the litter. I love that line. Live in the layers, not in the litter. Even in the poem, he admits he doesn't understand what that means. <laughs> and there's a lot of ways to read that. But perhaps he's encouraging us to live deeply, to see ourselves as complex, multi-layered. We contain our child self, our rebellious teenage self, our young adulthood when we search for identity. We contain our values. We contain our relationships. We have to un live understanding that complexity, not our litter, not just the things we did wrong, not just our missteps and mistakes. This is definitely a poem for your pocket. Go back to it another day. See if it brings out something different. And one more I'd like to share with you. This one by Naomi Shihab Nye. And it didn't make the cut into my Rosh Hashanah sermon, but it's actually one of the pieces that inspired me. And it was found in the Slichot uh, Sidor that we use during Elul. And it's called Before You Know What Kindness Really Is. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go so you know how desolate the landscape can be between the reins of kindness, how you ride and ride thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you, how he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to mail letters and purchase bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for, and then goes with you everywhere, like a shadow or a friend. Like Kunitz, Nye reminds us that there's no living without learning. For when we spend time with sorrow, we can realize that we are not the only ones who suffer. It makes us kind. It keeps us kind. Our very humanity, the things we struggle with, the reason why Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, these holidays exist, that is what it means to be a human being, to struggle, to grow, to learn. I hope these poems in a small way help elongate the meaning and message of the holy days. 
I wasn't kidding. Keep them in your pocket. Or other poems. Read them when you need them. Or when you don't. Or when you need to be reminded of the things that matter. And if it's not poetry, pick another practice. No one's judging. Just find something that grounds you and reminds you of who you are, what is most important, and how you are changing, always, to align your character and your values. If it's not these practices, perhaps it will be the beauty of the sukkah, the feel of the cool etrog in your hand, the warmth of meals shared with loved ones. Perhaps you'll join us on Sunday night. Shabbat shalom. Shana tova. As always, it was a pleasure to pray and practice with you this week and every week. Thanks for listening to TI Clergy Corner. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll visit our website, www.tisrael.org slash clergycorner. This has been a Temple Israel of Boston production. Join us next time for another episode of TI Clergy Corner.